Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Brian Nugent Hopkins centered the Oilers third line at practice today between Brendan Perlini and Zach Cassian. Now the word from head coach Dave Tippett is that Nugent Hopkins will skate again tomorrow in Vancouver and then they will make the final call after the morning skate but obviously signs indicating that uh, good chance he's going to return and center the third line like he did today as the Oilers will play the Canucks tomorrow night it's right here on 630 Shed with the face-off show at six and the puck will drop at eight hope you're having a great day Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stoffer for the last hour here of Oilers now on 630 Shed and we're going to jump right into it with our Oilers now headliner presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky it just might be the best you've ever tasted search for w-i-l-h-a-u-k today and i'm pleased to speak with the head coach of the oilers farm team the bakersfield condors jay woodcroft jay how are you doing sir i'm doing good reed thanks for having me on today yeah a pleasure to talk to you and uh let's get going here you guys had uh two and one in your most uh, three recent games you did have a streak of points in 11 straight snapped on sunday so uh just overall I mean, how does it feel? I know you wanted to get the win last night, but still, just to bank all those points, it's got to have the guys feeling pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's been uh, an interesting year, just with with it, with what is that going on with COVID and protocols and everything like that, specifically over the last seven or eight weeks uh, for our team, um, and to see our players persevere. Um, not worry about who's uh, not in the lineup, but worrying about who is in the lineup and find ways to, um, you know, play some good hockey and bank some points. I think it's a credit to those uh, young men in that locker room that have really bought into a team concept. And and uh, we didn't get the win last night, but there, I thought we did a lot of uh, good things. There's some stuff that could, can get cleaned up, but... Uh, you know, I'm proud of our team and where we're at right now. Okay. Well, one player that a lot of fans are going to be really interested in, he's the Oilers' first-round draft pick from 2020. He's obviously gone through some injury struggles uh, over the uh, last eight or nine months, but he got into two games for you guys on the weekend. That is Dylan Holloway, who picked up three assists in two games. I would love to hear how he looked out there. Well, um, first off, he... He uh, he's a great great uh, person, and so uh, someone who comes to the rink every day, excited to be there, wants to get coached, wants to work on his own personal game, and wants to fit into the team concept. So, you know, he 
ticks that box of just being a great character kid. Um, in terms of his his talent and what he brings to the table, he's a big guy uh, that can skate very well. He's a very powerful skater. Um, I think uh, you know in our games, I saw some things that he did that was that were very impressive. He made a lot of plays. There are some things um, that he can work on too. You know, he's missed almost a year of of playing in competitive game situations. So there's things that he can work on for sure. But um, it was nice to add him to our lineup because we were missing three of our four uh, top leading scorers. And to be able to add a piece like Dylan when you're missing uh, some of those higher-end guys on our team down here, um, it was nice to inject him in the lineup. And, you know, I think there's a lot of positives in his game that he's going to look forward uh, to continue to build on. All right. You know, I, I know from talking to players and coaches over the years, when a player goes up a level, whether it's from junior or college to the AHL, AHL to the NHL, they often have to adjust to the to the speed of the game and just that that extra level of, of ruggedness, if, if you want to call it that. You know, everybody's an alpha male out there, and it's like, you think you're going to take those two inches of ice? No, 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 no. I'm going to take those two inches of ice. In, in terms of adapting to the ruggedness and the speed of the game, and I know it's just two games, but what would you what do you, would you say you saw from Holiday, Holloway? Well, you know, in terms of the speed, he's one of the best skaters on the ice. So I have no worries uh, about him and, and the speed of the game. Um, for me, uh, just the physicality side of things, you're right. I think it is a big step up from either major junior or the NCAA, just the level of physicality in professional hockey, specifically in the American Hockey League. It is physical. I actually saw Dylan take a few healthy runs at some people and get in on the physicality and finish his check. And, you know, I didn't know that about him. So I was impressed by that. I think for Dylan, his biggest adjustment is going to be um, learning how to play his game within the team game, um, you know, allowing his skills to come out within the structure of the team. Uh, he's missed some important points over the last year. You know, uh, he wasn't able to take part on the ice in our playoff run last year. He wasn't able to take part in rookie camp or main training camp in Edmonton this year. So those are things that I think we'll see improvements in over time. Uh, but in terms of the raw materials of a hockey player, he has he has them. He has them. He's going to be a very good hockey player. Uh, I think it's just about getting him up and running. I think there's another gear there. Um, and uh, he's in a good spot to continue to work on his game. Okay, good to hear for sure. Uh, Philip Broberg, obviously another top prospect for the Oilers, who we have seen in the NHL for a couple of stretches this season. Uh, three assists in three games. Uh, does he continue to be a bit of a driver there from the back end? What would you say? Yeah, yeah, he commands huge minutes for us. His uh, his skating, uh, like Dylan's, is is excellent. Um, he's also a big body frame. Um, he, he has made a lot of really good plays, a lot of subtle uh, plays on breakouts. Um, he's found a way to contribute on our power play and, and quarterback that from the top. He is a coachable kid. He is... 
somebody who I see growing. Um, and you can't forget, too, it, I was having this conversation in our coach's room last night, but we can't forget that, uh, you know, he'd be coming on almost the end of a Swedish uh, elite league season right now, just in terms of the amount of games played and, you know, this late into January right now. Um, so for him, we haven't even hit the halfway point in the American League. So he's played a lot of games. He's commanding big minutes. For him, it's about managing himself through those different types of situations, how to make sure that you're recovering properly uh, so that you can bring it with the demands of an American League schedule. For example, this, this week, you know, today was a day off for the players but I saw I saw um, Philip at the rink uh, doing some things to make sure that he's going to be ready for a busy uh, busy week here at the end of January we're going to Tucson for uh, three games and um, you know I think that's part of learning how to be a professional hockey player in North America and you know I like I said I, I do believe he's growing. Right on. Jay Woodcroft, coach of the Bakersfield Condors, joining us on Oilers Now today. Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stoffer. Uh, James Hamblin, who is an Edmonton kid and uh, played it with Medicine Hat, obviously, in the Western Hockey League, second year with the Condors. He is, he's on quite a run here, isn't he, since getting out of COVID protocol? Yes, he is. Uh, he is um, a hockey player's hockey player. Like you said, he's a local guy. So he's, he's came through the Edmonton Minor Hockey um, programs, uh, had a very good run in the Western Hockey League, uh, put up huge numbers in his last few years. And when he came to the Condors last year, I didn't know much about James. I, I didn't uh, have a large basis of opinion on him. I, but every every time I watched him practice or play in games, he seemed to be in the right places all the time, um, and he's just slowly worked his way up in le- in terms of importance for our forward grouping. I feel like I can put him anywhere. He's played all three. Um, forward positions he plays on both special teams uh he's somebody who is a real driver in the way we want to play the game uh he's he's our do it right guy up front and um you know i you know i use the term growing for philip roberg while i see james hamblin growing before our eyes as well yeah good story jay i want to ask you about a couple of guys who skated with the Oilers this morning. Seth Griffiths, uh, Griffith is on the taxi squad. I know he was up for that game in Seattle and I thought worked really hard and was involved in creating a goal. Look, we don't know if and when he's going to get into a, a game here with Edmonton, but this, I mean, he's a little bit of an older guy. And uh, from, from what I've seen when I've watched him in games and practices, like he seems to know, know where to go out there when he gets the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Seth, uh, as you mentioned, he's got some experience. So he's he's, he's um, been part of a few different NHL organizations. He's had a spattering of games over his career in the National Hockey League. He's put up numbers in the American Hockey League. I think he's on his way to a, a career year this year for him. Um, he's somebody who represents a skill element for us. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Down here in Bakersfield, he's good on the power play. I think he's taken a little bit of a step here uh, in terms of his five-on-five production. He was challenged about uh, mid-December, and we're starting uh, to see a lot of production five-on-five with him. Uh, He's a hockey intellect. He does have skill, and, um, you know, should he be called upon to be put in in the lineup, he won't cheat anybody on his effort or his understanding of how the game should be played. Yeah, I mean, he's a he is a good asset for our organization, not only to be able to go up and play some games in Edmonton, but to be a, a good example um, for his teammates, specifically his younger teammates down here in Bakersfield. So he's a real good uh, asset for our organization. Okay, and uh, the next gentleman I want to ask you about, I, I know has not been in your lineup for a while, but that is Tyler Benson. And he drew some praise from Duncan Keith in an interview with Bob and Jack after the game on Saturday. And uh, Keith said something like, you know, you can see Benson working hard and trying to muck it up. Dave Tippett complimented Benson's work ethic today. Um, I, I hope I'm not overstating it, but is this the continued transformation of, of Tyler Benson in terms of finding a role in the National Hockey League? Well, um my experience with Tyler uh, was um you know he came into our organization a few years ago obviously uh, he's a local local product high draft pick in the WHL draft and then uh, second round pick for the Oilers and uh, when our staff took over here in Bakersfield he was part of a the initial wave of young players coming in him Cooper Marodi those type of guys and uh Benny always seemed to be able to put up numbers wherever he went, including in the American Hockey League. He's basically a point-of-game player in the American Hockey League. Uh, Over the three years that I coached him in Bakersfield, I believe he took steps uh, to becoming a more complete player over time. Just things with with his decision making with with the puck, his board work along the walls. Um, it, last year uh, he played on a dominant line with McLeod and Marody. They were one of the best in the entire American Hockey League. Um, they controlled the the play of the game, um, and. You know, I remember sitting down with with Benson um, and him wanting to add penalty killing to his repertoire, and and uh, we helped make that work for him. Now I see him in the NHL, and and what he's doing is he's trying to find a way um, to wedge his way into the lineup and become an everyday National Hockey League player. And you know, I'm happy for him that he's he's doing things to uh, command the attention of his coaching staff and 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 his teammates that's positive and uh, i do know that he is also a very um smart hockey player he can make plays and uh i do know that he he has an elite work ethic so i'm, I'm happy for him and uh his contribution to the team's success up there 
Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Okay, Jay, and uh, what do you got? You got a triple header coming up here? Yeah, uh, we have a travel day tomorrow off to Tucson, and um, uh, we play uh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and it's uh, it has end. It will end a busy month for us. We've been on the road for what seems like forever. Um, we've had a couple uh, home games uh, sprinkled in there, but a uh, big part of our road schedule will have been completed at the end of this trip. And uh, yeah, we're excited about it. It's an important important week for us. We're looking to take a step and uh, build on what has been a, a pretty good month of January for the Condors. Right on. Okay. Jay, well, always appreciate talking to you. All the best this week as you play Tucson three times, and uh, I know you'll be doing this with Bob next week. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks, Reed. Bye-bye. That is Jay Woodcroft checking in on Oilers now, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. So pretty good report there on Dylan Holloway, who a lot of you are going to have your eyes on here in the uh, weeks to come. Could he possibly be on Edmonton Oiler uh, before the end of the season? Well, we'll see how it goes, but a pretty good start for him with three assists in two games against the San Jose Barracuda over the weekend. Uh, Reed sitting in for Bob here until 2 o'clock as Bob gets set to go to Vancouver with the team. The Oilers are there tomorrow. This game will start at 8. Our coverage will start with a face-off show at 6 here on 6.30. Chad. Zach Cassian was unable to play on Saturday as he was not feeling well. He'll tell you what he was doing during the game when we get back to Oilers now. Well, I believe that's Turn Up the Radio by Autograph. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't realize Bob had so many rocking tunes on this show. Thanks a lot for tuning in this afternoon. Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stoffer until 2 o'clock. My buddy Rob Brown is going to check in after the uh, 1.30 news as the Oilers practiced and are getting ready to go to Vancouver for the game tomorrow. So uh, here's the deal. You had the top two lines as they finished the game in the second and third period on Saturday. McDavid was with McLeod and Yamamoto, and you had Pugliarvi with Dreisaitl and Fogel. Could be a new-look third line for the game tomorrow. Nugent Hopkins, now again, we'll, we won't know his final status for the game until after tomorrow's morning skate, but you know he's taken part in the last couple of morning skates and looks pretty good out there, so I would expect him to play tomorrow unless there's a setback. He was with Perlini and Cassian. Perlini, he could fire it, proved it again on Saturday, getting his fourth goal of the season, just flicking it off the stick so quickly to get the Oilers' third goal of the game. And, uh, of course, Cassian didn't play on Saturday against the Flames. We got to the uh, arena on Saturday for the morning skate. Cassian was not on the ice. And Dave Tippett then said that Cassian had a non-COVID illness. Now, uh, Zach did talk after today's practice, and he was asked if he watched the game on Saturday. I didn't watch too much of it, to be honest. Um, I wasn't feeling really well. I was throwing up, but um, I was checking my phone, obviously, when I saw we were down 2-0. Um, didn't like seeing that, but um, after speaking with the guys, and uh, I was really happy for, for Miko, most importantly. Um, he obviously took, took a lot of heat and has taken a lot of heat, and um, that wears on guys mentally, um, more so than physically, but uh, for him to step up and be the best player from what I heard um, is awesome, and we're going to need him to keep doing that. All right, a little bit there from Zach Cassian. And definitely, it seemed like everybody was thrilled for Miko Koskinen. Dreisaitl praised him after the game. It's been a tough season for Miko. We all know the story. You, you know, he, he's, he's playing more than I think anybody would like him to, but he really stepped up in that game against the Calgary Flames with 44 saves. Now, back to Cassian. Uh, he doesn't play that game. He, he was in COVID protocol 
earlier. He had a, had another injury, and he talked about just sort of trying to find a routine here after missing a bunch of games. Yeah, it was it was huge to get that win. I think for me, I need to. I feel like I haven't played. I feel like we've played two games in 12 days, and then I got the COVID beforehand, and then was sick. So I'm just trying to get into rhythm here. It's. Uh, uh, it's been tough, um, but hey, um, back in tomorrow. Excited to get in the rhythm here. We're playing every other day, it looks like, for the most part, besides that little break we have at that All-Star break. Uh, looks like we're going to go every other day for the next uh, little while here. So um, looking forward to getting back, bringing more energy. I think I can bring a little more energy and then be physical. And um, when I do that, it seems to rub off on guys. And uh, for myself, I think I'm, I'm playing at my best when I'm doing that. All right, and th- this could be interesting tomorrow because it's it's been long debated in oil country. You got the big three. You got McDavid, you got Drysdale, and you got Nugent Hopkins. How do you deploy them? Could you ever have the three of them on different lines and maybe create a bunch of balance, a little more balance than the Oilers often have? And and I think having Nugent Hopkins and Perlini on casting that on a line it could be enticing, like I said, especially the way Perlini shoots the puck. If Nuge can get it to him in opportunities to fire away, that could help the team for sure. And Cassian really hoping that Nugent Hopkins is available tomorrow. Obviously, when you get Nuge back, I've talked about it to you guys numerous times. He's a leader in the room. He does so many things out there that uh, helps our team win hockey games. He's on the PK. He's on the PP. He's 5-on-5. Five five. He, he chews up minutes, and they're all good minutes for our team. So whenever you can get a guy back like that, it's a huge bonus. And to play with a guy like that, uh, it's always fun. You know, he's a, he's a great passer. You can tell by his uh, his assist this year. But um, for me, I just need to get back, get moving, play physical, get to the net. And you know if I'm open, Nuge, uh, more times than not, he's going to find you. All right, so we'll see if that's going to be a line tomorrow. Castian was also asked by uh, Jason Greger about the game between the Bills and the Chiefs. <laughs> Castian said he watched the last four minutes. So he pretty much got a game's worth of action in those four minutes plus overtime. And he did say... Uh, the NFL should, should change the overtime rule so both teams get the ball. Uh, Cassian said he, he grew up a Detroit Lions fan, being from Windsor. It has obviously been a tough couple decades for the Detroit Lions. So uh, Cassian, who used to be a Buffalo Sabre, said he's he started cheering for the Buffalo Bills as well uh, over the last few years, and uh, they were unable to do it against the Chiefs. So we're, well, you know what? We'll talk more about that on my show tonight, Inside Sports from 6 to 8. Jed Roberts is going to join me, alumni for the double E football team, and I'm sure we'll get into the overtime debate. I, I know Warren Moon was on with me about a week and a half ago. This was before the playoffs started, but there were all those overtime games on the uh, final day of the regular season. And uh, I said to Warren, shouldn't both teams get the ball? And Warren said, well, if your defense can't prevent the touchdown, maybe you don't deserve to win. <laughs> so a different perspective from someone who played the game and would have been in a few overtime games himself. But uh, I think a lot of, probably a lot of you uh, wouldn't have minded another possession for the Bills and who knows how long. I, I saw some graphic posted on social media today that here's the score if they're uh, if both teams got the ball in overtime and it was something like 142 to 35. It could have gone that high. It could have gone that high. But that was a fun one to watch for sure. Okay, we got to take a quick time out for the news and weather. Our Inside the Game analyst Rob Brown is going to check in when we get back to where there's now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.